When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and the all-new Score North mobile app. Rami Makhlouf and uh, Manny Hill in studio and joining us now from Vikings OTAs. You'll hear him on these airwaves coming up at 2 o'clock on Score North Live and read his thoughts on the Vikings at scorenorth.com. It is Matthew Collar. Matthew, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing very well. I've seen the red ball that we discussed yesterday. There's a a, a football on a stick out here. I mean, we are in full OTA mode. My first question was about the red ball. I I was going to ask you, that's that's my number one concern when it comes to OTAs, is how is the red ball looking? Yeah, well, the red ball right now is on the sideline as they're actually running plays here in front of me, but you can just feel its presence when it's around. And, you know, the linebackers, they just look sharper from using this red ball as the uh, linebacker coach throws it at them and they knock it down. They go out there and they just play better because of it. The red ball seems very, very durable. Like it can take a beating and it's, it's always ready. It's always ready for game day, Matthew. The red ball is never, never inactive. Well, I can tell you that this is the same exact red ball that they've had the entire time I've been covering the team. So I think that that says a lot. Amazing. Never missed the practice. Amazing. Are we going to do a red ball power ranking at some point during the season? (laughs) You know, just compare like the other 31 red balls around the league to what the Vikings have? I think we could rate training camp apparatus. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm standing right now next to a dummy that's in a tire, and it's got, like, dummy arms, and I think you could just move it around. So there are a lot of different options here. You know what I've seen? I don't know if they have it at Vikings camp yet, Matthew, but the uh, the the circular tackling dummy? So it's it's just a big foam. It's just a big, like, a big ring made out of the same thing that a tackling dummy is, and they roll it at guys, and the, the, the idea is, I guess, it trains them, you know, proper tackling technique to get the head across the body and tackle with the shoulder. So the goal is to get in, actually in the ring and get your head across the tackling dummy, if I'm making any sense, and bring down the giant ring. Do they have that there? Yeah, no, I I have not seen that, but, Mm. you know, I mean, OTAs is just sort of the install of the apparatuses. It isn't, you know, a full training camp that's when you know the thing comes out where running backs run through to practice not fumbling and they're on springs so they yes. run through and it just goes boing 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 the boing, gauntlet boing. yeah so. <laughs> so is this going to be 
what do, what do we expect to see over the next couple of days that this is going on, and particularly from guys like Laquan Treadwell? Because I think for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how Laquan Treadwell always seems to do well in, in training camp and OTAs, and he looks good, and then we get to the regular season, and it's a completely different story. So are we are we expecting to see the same sort of thing from him? Yeah, I think that with OTAs, it's kind of a slow process because we get one day a week out here, and they're here for three days. And then minicamp in June uh, is in the middle of June. We get three days in a row. And by the end of minicamp, you've kind of put together the pieces uh, to set the foundation of what training camp is going to look like. So you've got a, a good idea for what the depth chart is going into training camp, what the battles are going to be, and which guys have showed out a little bit here in OTAs. So today, just trying to get a little bit of a sense of that. And with Laquan Treadwell, I mean, I think that his job is entirely up for grabs. Now, he has outperformed other people that they've brought in in training camp in the past, uh, especially last year. I mean, the fact that he outperformed Kendall Wright and Tavares King, and they decided to go with him as the wide receiver three. But I, I think it's a little bit of a fool me once type of situation that there are a lot of guys now battling for this spot. A name to know might be Jordan Taylor. He was brought in from the Denver Broncos. He was um, just like a number four or five wide receiver for Denver, but a guy that I, I wouldn't doubt that Gary Kubiak would be familiar with and wanted here. And also, already today, it's been uh, apparent to me that Dylan Mitchell has some talent. And it's always you know, hard to know right now in terms of figuring out can a guy learn the playbook and, and things like that, and can he line up in the right spots and run the right routes at the right times, and that's a big part of it. But in terms of his pure physical skills and his route-running ability, it's already something to see after just uh, only being here for uh, you know, about an hour of practice. And I think he's th- those two guys are probably the ones to watch right now. And then B.C. Johnson is another guy that they drafted in the seventh round. I learned today that is no longer Ola B.C. Johnson. It is just B.C. Johnson. Good to know. And uh, yeah. he's yeah, he, it's important. This, these are the details that you learn in OTA. But uh, you know, my, the takeaway here is you've still got Brandon Dilstra and Chad Beebe as well, and it's a really wide open race. So Laquan Treadwell is going to have to beat out a lot of guys in order to win that wide receiver three spot and. I think even then the team should be skeptical even if he plays better in training camp because of what we've seen on the actual field. It seems like Chad Beebe is the uh, fan favorite in that position battle for, for wide receiver number three. Have have you gotten a good look at him out there today? Well, and I, and Ooh, the I horn. I don't think it's just – yeah, I know. Isn't that great? The horn has got to be fantastic. part of the apparatus rankings for sure. It's football oh, sure. season now, yeah. Collar, with, with yeah. the horn going on. It's Love total football season oh, now. Got the, yeah, you've got the horn. That's right. Um, in, in terms of Chad Beebe, you know, last year he was a guy that came in on a tryout and ended up making the practice squad, working his way onto the team. And then by week, I believe it was 16, they had benched Laquan Treadwell for Chad Beebe and had him play against the Detroit Lions. So it's not just a fan favorite situation. I think the coaching staff is actually really high on him. And the, the question isn't whether he can run routes and get open. I, I, I've seen him do that pretty consistently since he arrived last year. It's really uh, can he stay healthy at his size? He's only about five foot ten and one hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, and last year he played just a couple games and, and got hurt. And that would be the biggest question there, I, I think. But he has a good shot at it. I, I think he would be instead of calling him really wide receiver three, he would be more of a uh, guy that they can uh, use as a rotational player because Adam Thielen is going to go out of the slot most of the time, and the other times they're going to mix people in like Chad Beebe. He's more of a pure slot type of receiver. 
So what are we looking at as far as the offensive line is concerned? Are we expecting to see a couple of battles there as well? Well, yeah, that's interesting because Garrett Bradbury just now here today was taking all of the first team reps at center, which is exactly what I expected, and Pat Elfline at left guard. And and I think that that's going to be your offensive line is you're going to have Brian O'Neill at right tackle and then Josh Klein at right guard, Bradbury at center, Elfline at left guard, and Riley Reese at the left tackle position. But, you know, we know this. There's always injuries and things like that that go on. So behind those guys, that's where it does get really interesting because, you know, somebody like Danny Isadora is in his third year, and uh, there's your horn again. Love the horn. And, uh, you, know, you know, they drafted Drew Samia, and, and Drew Samia is a really interesting guy to me because he comes from a great program for offensive linemen at Oklahoma. I mean, they just produce offensive linemen like crazy. And, uh, you know, so he's got a really good pedigree. He's got great size and strength and nastiness and an intelligence that this team really likes about him. So I don't think that there's much of a chance that he could beat out Josh Klein for a starting job, but he could be that first man up. And they also brought in a guy named Dakota Dozier, too, from the New York Jets, uh, who Rick Dennison really liked when he was working in New York. And, and so the, the backups are going to be uh, a really interesting conversation as we go into training camp. And we know that ultimately those guys will end up getting into games because an offensive line in Minnesota could never stay healthy. Collar, how many of these guys do you think – would have the ability or versatility to play multiple positions on the line, or are they, for the most part, guys that are pretty much locked into where where they would be in the depth chart? No, I, I think that there's quite a few guys who could play multiple positions. I, I mean, even Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline both played center and guard in college. Um, you know, the, an interesting guy to watch here is Aviant Collins, who they signed as an undrafted free agent a couple years ago, and last year. He showed some good things in training camp, but got hurt right away and then missed the entire season. But he's somebody that they could see as a potential swing tackle or a guy who can move inside to guard. Um, they do have a lot of flexibility there. It's, it's just that, you know, when you start getting into, we saw this with Mike Remmers, like you could say, oh, this guy's got flexibility. But, you know, Remmers had flexibility, but he really wasn't all that good right. when he was asked to play that position for an entire season. But one thing that I think that they have remedied to a large extent is just the depth issue last year was so thin we knew if anybody got hurt it was big trouble i don't think it's quite that way now is kyle rudolph there yep yep he's here and uh i'm not surprised by that okay i I mean i like he's still under contract for 7.5 million dollars right here i mean yeah i don't i don't think that or maybe 7.6 i don't think that you're just gonna pass that up because things haven't gone perfectly with your team. I mean, I, I guess we have seen things like that with Le'Veon Bell sitting out for the entire year, but on a team that has the potential to be in the playoffs and win, um, and Kyle knowing that there's a big paycheck after this year for him if he hits the free agent market, I mean, I didn't expect that he would be the type of guy who'd say, no, no, I'm, I'm going to set this out so you give me a contract extension. The other part of it, too, is I, I just get the impression – that if he does go somewhere else, like that's not going to be the saddest thing in the world for him. He's been here a long time, and you know, I, I think probably any time you're, you're at a place for years and years and years, you do wonder what the other you know, pastures are like and what type of money you could get on the free agent market. And I, I would not blame him for you know, t- taking that look around and, and trying to figure out what he could get after this year. But as far as this year, I'm, I'm not surprised that he's here. The other day, or actually yesterday, I believe it was, I was reading an article at The Athletic, and it was the the top need still on on every NFL team's roster. 
And for the Vikings, they said the top need was a second tight end and wrote up about a paragraph basically making it seem like it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be traded or possibly released and that the Vikings are very busy on the phones shopping him around. Is that is that where you think this situation is at right now, Matthew? I, I think that I would put it at about maybe 60-40 that he's here. Um, but that, that possibility is still very real. And, and what tipped me off to that is the fact that the, uh, I'm going to say the Vikings put it out there. That's not for sure that I know that, but I don't know who else would have, uh, that they had offered him a contract extension. That was a report from Pro Football Talk. And it's really interesting to me if the team is sort of sniping back and then trying to kind of make it look like Rudolph isn't being gracious and isn't accepting a, a lucrative contract extension or something like that. So it, it does feel like there's, I guess, tension. And the, the other thing, too, is just the relationship with Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of questions after last year about whether those two actually could, were on the same page last year and could get along and whether Kyle Rudolph wants to play with Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, these, these are all things that are kind of, you know, we're just – putting pieces together to try and figure out and then there was another report that you know bill belichick made the phone call here to try and see what the price was uh to get rudolph but what i keep coming back to is mike zimmer though and then the final say seems to be with mike zimmer on the roster and i don't think that mike zimmer wants to see a veteran tight end go knowing how important that position is we're going to talk about this rudolph situation uh next segment right after we hang up with you matthew and i have some uh some reckless speculation that I think is right up your alley. You might want to take a listen and address it this afternoon on Score North Live, which is underway at 2 o'clock right here on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. That's Matthew Collar. Read his work on the Vikings at scorenorth.com. I'm sure there is a full report coming from OTAs. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rami. That is uh, Matthew Collar joining us from Vikings OTAs. Football. You ready for some uh, Kyle Rudolph reckless speculation there, Manny? Let's let's do it. I'm. I'm this is a very, very interesting scenario this is and reckless. situation. This is yeah, very reckless. For this team and this player. And uh, I'm, re- I'm ready to recklessly speculate. This is super reckless. <laughs> this is on the same level as Matthew Collar and his Antonio Brown craziness type of reckless. Ooh, yeah, this okay. is that type of reckless speculation. That's next up on Purple Daily here on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Drink the Purple Punch. It burns your insides and it makes your eyes water. Purple Daily on Score North. Score North. Stores. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. He's been one of the the better players at his position for a long time, and he's in the prime of his career, and he's one of the guys that in that locker room uh, is viewed as one of the good guys who uh, puts the team first. So I I believe he's totally amenable to trying to do something that helps the, the cap number but he does not want to suddenly take a discount, and he's willing to bet on himself. That was Michael Silver on the NFL Network. This is Purple Daily, back on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and streaming live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Score North. 
com, and uh, he was talking about Kyle Rudolph, who I don't know about you guys. And by the way, Rami Makhlouf here, Manny Heller, the side of the glass, Danny Cunningham making his Purple Daily debut. How about this? This, this is a big day for us yes, here sir. at Sport North. It is. A very big day. So now you've been on the hockey show? Yes, I have been on Judd's Hockey Show. You're a part of all our Wolves shows. Understandably now, now so. Now making a debut on on the uh, the Purple Daily Show. Yeah, twin show. I'm coming for you've, you. You've filled in on <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami before. I have. I've hosted Score North Live before. What's left? Have you been part of a twin show yet? No, mm. but I'm coming. No, you're not. Um, but <laughs> Michael Silver <laughs> was breaks. talking there <laughs> about, <laughs> cut the brakes, about Kyle Rudolph, who I thought, I don't know about you guys, but I thought when Kendricks restructured his contract and they basically said, Here's half of your 2019 salary and a sal- and a signing bonus, and it kind of freed up the cap space to to bring everybody back. I thought, okay, the situation is settled with Kyle Rudolph. Maybe they talk contract extension. If not, he plays out the year, and then whatever happens next offseason happens next offseason. Then the report last week from ProFootballTalk.com saying that the Vikings would still like Rudolph to restructure, and he is not open to that. And now that trades are a possibility. And then... Yesterday, I'm reading, as I just alluded to with Matthew Collar, at The Athletic, the top need for every NFL team, with every, with teams reporting for OTAs and rosters now seemingly, for the most part, set. And they get to the Minnesota Vikings, and I was surprised to see that they have the top need for the Minnesota Vikings as backup tight end. And here's what they wrote up about it. They said the Vikings have been looking to unload Kyle Rudolph to clear cap space. Rudolph is still an effective player. But with all the high salaries, the Vikings need the room. Since he will become a free agent next year, the time is right to gain a draft choice and cap space. When they finally move Rudolph, they will need to find on the O-line Y, who can complement Alabama tight end Irv Smith, their second-round pick. Or an on-the-line Y, I shouldn't said. I should have said, I said O-line. So they make it sound as if it's a foregone conclusion that Kyle Rudolph will not be a Viking Come the 2019 NFL season. And I was with you. Like, I remember when the contract was restructured, and it, it wasn't Rudolph, obviously, but then I thought, okay, that's the end of that. This is going to calm down. Kyle Rudolph's going to be a Viking, and then we'll see what happens next offseason. Right. He'll probably walk. But I thought that once they cleared up the cap space to get Bradbury signed, I thought, okay, there's no way he's gone. Like, they're just going to move forward. It might not be the, the best situation for everybody involved, but that's what it's going to be. I didn't see this necessarily coming. So if he's going to be traded... As we are wont to do here on Score North and Purple Daily, let's get into some reckless speculation. Nothing better. All right. Reckless speculation. And if you want to join in on the reckless speculation, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Let's go over the possibilities, okay? Okay. Of what you could do with Kyle Rudolph, and this will get more and more reckless as we move along here. I don't know if you guys want to throw your hat in the ring. I have three possibilities about what the Vikings can do if they are going to trade Kyle Rudolph. The first, I hate which is what they mentioned there in the paragraph, go and get a draft pick. That is a complete waste of an asset as far as I'm concerned. Right now, you're in the Kirk Cousins era. You're paying him 29. I know you roll your eyes all you want, Danny, but they paid him $29 million a year to open a three-year window to win a Super Bowl. And if they don't do that, it is a failure, and the Kirk Cousins signing can be deemed officially a mistake. And 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 a mismanagement of this organization in one way or another. Well, I already kind of think it's a mistake. So yeah, but I'm, then, I'm it, with but then it can that. be it can be officially declared once we these can, three years are we, up. If we are recklessly speculating, I can recklessly <laughs> speculate that it is a disaster. 
reckless speculation. Fair enough. But my point is, and I've made this point time and time again, that during this time that you have Kirk Cousins because you went in as as deep as you did when you signed him to that contract, every offseason you need to maximize that offseason to win games the following season. You can't be thinking, you can't go into 2019 thinking about getting draft picks for 2020. Sure. That's just not that's not a smart way to go about things. That's what teams that are in asset accumulation mode do. Right. They are they are rebuilding, they are trying to build through the draft, they're trying to give themselves as many as many chances in the draft to get better as possible. The Vikings aren't there right now. And when you're when you're Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, when your jobs are potentially on the line if if you don't perform well this season, you're probably not thinking about 2020, 2021. Also true. They, so, I, I don't think they'll be around if it doesn't go well. Right. So that moves me to possibility number two when it comes to a trade of Kyle Rudolph. And I put two and two together from an article at ESPN.com where they had each beat writer uh, talk about what is. Let me just make sure I have the uh, the article right off the offseason to do list. This was Bill Barnwell's offseason to do list. And he says that the at the top of the Vikings to do list, not much different from the article I referenced from the athletic. He says, though. They need to find their number three wide receiver, whether it's one of the guys on this roster or whether you go out and make a trade or he mentions a couple of guys who I find to be intriguing possibilities still on the free agent market. If you could somehow free up the money and I guess you could, I have four possibilities now. I just thought of another one. You could just cut Kyle Rudolph to but, free up the money to sign one of these guys who I'm about to mention, Pierre Garcon, Michael Crabtree. But if you're going to cut Kyle Rudolph, I would rather get the draft pick. Okay. I would rather mm-hmm. just tra- the draft picks, not the ideal situation. I'm with you there. I don't necessarily care about building for the future here. It is a win now mode for the Vikings, but I would rather trade him and get something of value okay. instead of just saying, so, okay, see you later, Kyle. So the two options that this brings up, option two and option three in trading Kyle Rudolph is trade him for a third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that would be yet. I'd have to look around at some other rosters, see wide receivers who might be available in a trade for teams that need a tight end. you got to find a good fit. Or cut Kyle Rudolph and go sign someone along the lines of a Pierre Garçon or a Michael Crabtree with the money that you save on your cap. Anybody intrigued by either of those two? I'm intrigued by it. I don't I don't know how much either of them have left in the tank, though. That's, that's the question I think you have to ask is, getting rid of Kyle Rudolph worth getting Pierre Garçon, who's been around forever, or Michael Crabtree, also been around forever? Can they still be serviceable number three wide receivers? They'll get a lot of open routes, so they won't ever be doubled because obviously Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are part of this offense, so that's taken care of, but... Are they good enough to perform at that level at this point in their careers? That's the question you have to ask. Okay. Manny? I would much rather, if 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 I'm going to say goodbye to Kyle Rudolph, I want to get something, some sort of asset in return. All right. And if that means, you know, getting a future draft pick, which like Danny said, is not ideal, I'll take that over just... I will take that over just trading him for a third wide receiver because you're still going to be able to have options in free agency. If you trade him for a draft pick, you'll still have some options in free agency to go and get somebody to be your third wide receiver. Okay. Or another tight end, maybe that might be on the market. I don't know if there how many of those there are, but another tight end on the market that might be cheaper than what Kyle Rudolph would be in 2019. Before I get to my fourth and most reckless possibility there is. Do you guys want to throw anything in the ring as far as what to do with Kyle Rudolph right here and right now? The only thing I would say they should not do is trade him to the New England Patriots. Okay. All right. Because you're going to end up looking bad if you do that. Yeah, because they'll win another Super Bowl and then he'll probably get paid 
like he wants to get paid and he'll probably have a big year because it's the Patriots. All right. And I mean, rule number one is if Bill Belichick is interested in your player, hang up the phone. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's up to something. He knows. Always. He knows. Uh, he's something. up to no good. Yeah. He's knows, he's up to he no knows good. something. All right. He's never been up to good. This brings me to the fourth possibility and the most reckless of reckless speculation when it comes to where Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings situation is at right now. I was waiting for the reckless speculation soundbite. There it is. Reckless speculation. <laughs> There's a situation in New York right now, guys. There's there are a lot of situations in New York right now. I mean, Rami, you have to be name, more specific. Name, name the sport, and there's a situation in New York. There's a situation right in baseball. There's a situation in That's basketball. True. There's two situations in football. Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay. Like, like there are. The, New York is currently the epicenter of dysfunction. Let's make this a little fun. Guess which situation I'm talking about. <laughs> the Giants, maybe? No. The Manny, Jets? That leaves the Jets, right? Yeah, it's the Jets. The whole hubbub between Adam Gase and their former GM, Mike McCagnan, was over Le'Veon Bell. Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell. Correct. McCagnan did. Mm-hmm. They signed Le'Veon Bell. A lot of money. Now Adam Gase is stuck with the running back who he doesn't want. And there is talk out there that they may explore the possibility of trading Le'Veon Bell. And I've done the math, ladies and gentlemen. And if you add the contracts of Kyle work. Rudolph oh, no. and Dalvin Cook, it adds up to about the $9 million cap hit that it would be if you acquired Le'Veon Bell. So you're saying they should trade Kyle Rudolph for Le'Veon Bell. What else are you going to have to give up? Because I do think that the market value for Le'Veon Bell is probably a little bit higher than Dalvin just Cook. expiring. You're, you're giving him uh, a young running back. You're giving him a young, cheap running back. And Kyle Rudolph, and I'm pretty sure the Jets need a tight end right now in exchange for Le'Veon Bell. 651-646-8255. Tweet us at Score North if you want to tell me personally that I'm an idiot. That's at Rami is tweeting. R-A-M-I-E is tweeting. Tag me in that tweet, too, just because I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, me too. At Real D Cunningham. At, at, at Manny, Manny L84. L84. Yep. What do you think of my reckless speculation? If they're going to trade Kyle Rudolph. Reckless speculation. Package him with Dalvin Cook and go get you an all-pro running back with fresh legs who just took a year off. We hear all the time, ever since Gary Kubiak came here, and really since Kirk Cousins came here, how how big a part of their the game plan and of Kirk Cousins' game personally the play action is. If you want to run play action and run it effectively and you want a running back and a running game that teams respect in week one that you don't have to establish and prove that people fear week one, who does that better, Dalvin Cook or Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell. And and the threat of Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield, too. To catch the ball. Mm -hmm. Right. That almost... You can split Le'Veon Bell out wide and almost run a route. That almost satisfies your need for a second tight end. Or a third wide receiver. Or a third mm-hmm. wide receiver. I'm on board. Do it. Thank you. You're welcome. There we go. Manny Hill, are you on board? I, I feel you're hesitant. Well, come I'm, on, do I'm, it. I'm I'm only hesitant because I just don't think it's 
I just don't think it's going to happen. But well, well, it's speculation, Manny. I know we're not supposed but, to use our senses I mean, here. If you're telling me, if you're telling me, Le'Veon Bell would end up in Viking purple, I am, I am here for it. You don't seem like you're here for it. <laughs> I'm totally here for it. <laughs> not seem like you're here for it. You don't seem as excited about this as you should be. I'm. I would totally be excited if it was actually going to happen. <laughs> Who says it's not? I don't see why it's not going to happen. Prove me wrong. I'd gladly take him. I would gladly take him with no hesitation. So we would all do this. We would, I would. We're all on the same page here. We would all do this. I thought there would be a fight here, and that's why there's five minutes no, left in the it. segment with us all agreeing. I thought oh, do you want me to take the other side? <laughs> I can play along. I can. No, they shouldn't trade for Le'Veon Bell. What, what if he is a, a cancer in the locker room? What if he just, because it's already not a great locker room because they don't trust Kirk Cousins there. What if that just builds there and this becomes an incredibly dysfunctional place? Thank you for playing devil's advocate. You're welcome. I don't really buy that about Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. I mean, there's like, history in Pittsburgh with both of them doing that. Yeah, but what's the common factor is the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. The that, Pittsburgh Steelers seem to be a more stable organization than the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I don't think now, so. Neither of them are the New York Jets in I, terms of uh, lack of stability, in terms of how dysfunctional they are. But I think that the Steelers, look if that's an organization that has been incredibly stable throughout their history. Well, we're going to find out how good Ben Roethlisberger is. He's not that good season. anymore. He's like 90. He's old. I mean, it, I mean the, the the way those two guys were sent out of town, and now it's, you know, what? The Connor guy, the running back. James Connor, James Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster. You know, does how much of a grasp of that locker room does Mike Tomlin still have? I and... Mean, does a lot it, of question marks for them. Does it bother you that James Conner stepped in and kind of picked up right where Le'Veon Bell's left off in Pittsburgh? Maybe Le'Veon Bell's not all that good. Maybe he's not worth that money, and you're just signing yourself up for a longer commitment. Yeah, I really don't think that's the case. I but think what if it is? I think he's every bit as good as he looked in his years with the Steelers. I don't know. And James Conner was good, but he wasn't Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell. It's pretty close. I, and I, I'm amazed that people did this in a matter of a year. Because he sat out. Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in this league. Period. Hands down. Flat out. He was the best running back in this league when he was when things were hitting on all cylinders for the Steelers. And Danny, you say that the Steelers seem like a more stable organization than the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perception a lot of people have of them because that was the case for so many years. But look at the last few years and all the drama. I don't think that's the case anymore. We only talk about Antonio Brown and and Le'Veon Bell. Remember the whole thing where they couldn't figure out what they were going to do for the national anthem when that whole controversy was going on? I do remember that. Yeah, and there was a rift in the locker room about that. I, I there are rumblings that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell aren't the only guys who Ben Roethlisberger rubs the wrong way. I could see that. You have sure. the you have the GM coming out and saying that the rest of the roster should look at Ben Roethlisberger like a father figure. Yeah, that was weird. Like, that is not, that's not, that's not a very functional organization. Where you look at the Vikings, and I actually think that's a really, like, it doesn't always add up to wins on the field, but you look at the culture and the atmosphere in the Vikings organization, this seems like a place that more times than not, guys want to be. And guys are very happy being here. I think it, it seemed like that prior to Kirk Cousins' arrival. But I think that after last year, I don't know that you can say everyone's happy. Because I don't think that that locker room's in a very good place. 
I think that locker room was probably in a much better place prior to Kirk arriving here. I think on the defensive side, that locker room's still still in a really good place. But offensively, I do have my questions about the relationship between Kirk Cousins and Kyle Rudolph. We saw what happened in Week 17 against against the Chicago Bears. You know where Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins are. You know, arguing and bickering on the sidelines. So. I think there are some fair questions about that. Yeah, I would have no hesitation to do this whatsoever. If if you picked up the phone and called the Jets and they were open to a Le'Veon Bell trade and and the cost is Kyle Rudolph and, and Dalvin Cook, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Are the Jets going to be able to do this before they hire a real GM instead of Adam Gase being the interim? Is he going to have the power to be able to do that, do we think? I don't know if he'll have the power, but I know that he probably wants to. But it, wanting to and actually being able to pull the trigger are two different things. Right. A couple of tweets have come in. Sorry, I'm hitting buttons. <laughs> I'm, I'm using the wrong keyboard here. What sorry. was that? I'm doing like It sounded like an explosion with uh, blurred lines playing in the background. Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was because I hit the wrong button on the keyboard. I like it. I I don't know what it means. I don't know what it could apply to, but I like it. I think we should use it more often. We have blurred the lines between Adam Gase's job responsibilities. Braden tweets at Rami is tweeting, saying trade for Bell is going to get the same kind of heat Matthew Collar got for saying they should trade for AB, although the underground hip-hop scene is strong in Minnesota, so he would thrive there. Is that true? Is the underground hip-hop scene a thing in Minnesota? I did not know that. A little bit. Okay. And uh, Ryan tweets at Rami is tweeting, says, I respect you and all, my friend, but you were out of your damn mind with the Bell Cook trade. Am I, though? Am I, I really? I mean, yeah, but I can't see the, the fun of this. I can't see the call screen. Who am I bringing up here, Danny? Uh, this is Al from Iowa. Al, Iowa. You're on Purple Daily. What's up, buddy? Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, you know, got to say, I love the reckless the reckless speculation bit. Uh, we do, too, Al. I just, don't, I just don't see how that really works. For the Vikings, and uh, but don't get me wrong, I really appreciate the, you know, OTAs are starting, and it's not fun to talk about how many incomplete passes Kirk Cousins threw in OTAs today. But we can only talk about the big red ball so much. Exactly. So, but I mean, the reason I don't think it's going to work though is that uh, it's more like Bell's cap hit moving forward. It kind of hamstrings you beyond this year, and I know that you know, kind of the cap is a myth to some extent, but. Uh, I think that that with another year of Cousins contract really hamstrings you with, you know, $38 million tied up. That's a solid point. That's a a solid point. Thanks for the call, Al. I appreciate it. Um, I did it again. I do that every time. You went to hang up on the caller and and I turned off off my microphone. I do it every time. Radio professional. I do it every time. I don't know what it is about this studio. I just hit the wrong button on the keyboard two minutes ago, so don't feel bad. I am flawless. (laughs) So flawless. (laughs) Here's the thing. First of all, you signed Kirk Cousins to that huge contract, and you just said, "Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna strap us in the future cap wise, but we'll figure it out when we get there." That's essentially what you did, and then you did. You figured it out this off season. They juggled some things, they moved some things around, and they figured it out. So I would take the same approach with Le'Veon Bell, but also I think if you look, and I, I have to pull up the uh, the Vikings, unless one of you guys is looking at it right now. Their uh their cap situation for next year, I gotta imagine it's pretty bad from what I've heard. Don't they have a few free agents coming off the books though? That frees yeah, up a bunch of money. There's there's some guys I think that they can cut bait with and and not face any huge financial penalty for it. But 
it's they're going to have to. I mean, this season really is it for them as far as like this entire roster and, and this core and everything. Like everything is sort of all in on this year. And if they don't, you know, if they don't pay it off with the championship, then there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have to be let go or, or move on next season. Uh, as of right now, this is according to Spotrack. They are uh, twenty one million dollars over the cap for next season. Twenty-one million over already and for next season for twenty twenty. Yes, it says they have negative twenty-one point eight million dollars in cap space. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> cap goes up every year. That's based on this year's cap. Cap goes but up every year a few million. Dollars. I think a guy like Riley Reef could potentially be, you know, let go with See? with minimal minimal penalty after after this season. We're figuring this out. What is the uh, what, what's the cap for this year? I don't Do you know, know the exactly. exact number, Manny. I don't know the exact number, but I know that with the Kendrick's restructure, they've they've freed up a, I think a couple of million bucks. I think one hundred eighty-eight point two million dollars. Okay. okay, so that's exactly what they have it at for next year. So it will go up a little bit, and they'll have less to dig out of. But they they are not projecting to have cap space next year. I think year. it can be done. I mean, if there's a will, there's a way. Travis tweeted at Score North and at Robbie is tweeting, can we put a cement wall in front of Robbie's car since he cut the brakes after this? Is this cut? Yeah, this probably is completely and totally cutting the brakes. Oh, uh, yeah. John says, have you ever used brakes in your life? Definitely reckless. Saying. Like, I don't even think Robbie had any brakes at all. No. On this vehicle. I live life without brakes, you guys. I'm just that type of guy. I can't slow down. Impressed you get into parking spots. Got to move forward. <laughs> Life goes on. De- uh, John says definitely reckless. LOL. Upgrade at running back, but you still have a hole at tight end. But you don't really. I mean, you don't really. You drafted Irv Smith. Find Le'Veon Bell up there. You're, yeah. you're fine. Let him do it all. It'll be fine. I'm just you'll figure it out. Look at what I'm talking about here. Dig Steelin' and Le'Veon Bell on the same side of on the same side of the ball on the same offense. You can do some serious damage with that. That'll open things up for Irv Smith. He'll be just fine at tight end because they'll forget about him when they think about having to try and cover those other three guys. I think it can be done. Yeah, you're right. Pick up the phone, Rick Spielman. Call Adam Gase and his crazy eyes. If you want to do it over FaceTime so you can see his crazy eyes, go ahead and do that. I think all NFL trades should be made over FaceTime. <laughs> you think so? I think it'd be more fun, yeah. <laughs> I want to see the reaction because if if I'm on the phone, you can kind of hide your emotions. But if you can't, if it's your face, like if I'm looking at you and you think you're robbing me, I'm going to know and I might back out. (laughs) Fair enough. Rick likes the idea. We'll hit a quick break. More of Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app right after this. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. This is what Gary Kubiak and those guys are going to bring to the table. Run first. Run the ball. Mike Zimmer wants to run the football. It's going to affect the linebackers. It's going to affect the corners. You get a nice suck up here. Kirk Cousins now out on the perimeter, making a nice, easy throw for a touchdown. You have plenty of weapons out there with Diggs and Thielen, and you guys have enough talent, right? I think that's why Gary Kubiak is probably the only reason he left Denver, honestly, is yeah. because he knows what Kirk Cousins can do in a, in a system that is suited for him where he can get out and not just have to make decision after decision from the pocket, free him up a little bit. Mike Zimmer's going to be happy. The run game's going to be good, and your team's yeah. going to be better. That was Derek Carr. 
former quarterback, now NFL Network analyst, talking about the Vikings. David what Gary Carr. Coop, David Carr, I'm sorry. Come on, Derek Carr's a current quarterback. He, he's not very good, but he's a current quarterback. He People, doesn't get sacked as often as, as his brother did. People shouldn't... Uh, Name their children with the same first letter. I know that's a thing in a lot of families. Like the all their children will start with like D, Derek, David, Daniel. And Not my family. Don't do that. It just makes things confusing for the rest of us. I'll be say, I'll be mixing up Derek and David Carr for the rest of my life. It's never going to stop happening ever. I do it too. To be honest, right? I've done it myself. I'm not sure who plays for the Raiders. It's impossible if you don't recognize that voice because he's new to Purple Daily. That's Danny Cunningham. He's our Wolves reporter, but he's a jack of all trades. You can find his uh, his thoughts on the Wolves, though, at scorenorth.com. He also hosts Cluster Fun every day at 11. You at, were a great guest at today. At Score North on Twitter. I was solid. I felt like I was solid. And uh, you can find him really all, You guys have a Sunday show now, right? The two yes. Of you? Yes, we do. That's every Sunday when? And what's it called? It is uh, Score North Sundays. Awesome. Fittingly. Makes uh, sense. It's from 10 to noon here on 1500 AM or the Score North app. Wherever you consume Score North, you can find it. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. And uh, in addition to the app where you can listen live and earn points to get rewards, you can also, like Danny said, type live.scorenorth.com into your web browser to listen to us live. Or if you have an Amazon Alexa device, just say Alexa Open Score North. And uh, if you want to hear this show and all our Vikings programmings, just go to the Score North Vikings page. Uh, at the Monday morning quarterback, Peter King, he went ahead and asked 25 what he calls smart people. Ways to make pro football better. And I thought it might be fun to take a look at some of those before we wrap things up here. Okay. On Purple Daily, he asked Ron Wolf, longtime GM, Super Bowl champion GM from the Green Bay Packers and has worked in a number of organizations. He asked him how he would make football better. Wolf said, cut down on the flags. He said, I spent 38 active years in professional football. I came in not knowing anything at all about pass interference. And guess what? After those 38 years, I left without knowing what pass interference is. I think that the officials uh, have responsibility in too many areas nowadays. The rule that drives me batty is a players in a defenseless posture. I get where he's coming from. I would like to see less flags, too, but... A, if there's a penalty, I want the penalty called. I don't mm-hmm. want the referee just looking the other way and going, oh, well, this happens all the time. Unless it's unless it would be against my team. Then, right. Yeah, of course. And B, a lot, of, a lot of these penalties that he's talking about, pass interference aside, but like defenseless receiver, these are to protect people. Like yeah. These are to ensure the safety mm-hmm. of human beings because we've seen what an NFL career can do to bodies and brains, and we want to stop that or at least minimize it. I mean, everyone wants less flags, but also I want the game called the right way. Like I don't yep. want, like you said, I don't want officials looking the other way at fouls, and I, I don't want guys to be getting hurt because we we scale back some of the rules. And Ron Wolf was a GM in the league for a long time, right? Right. But I think guys now are bigger, stronger, faster than they were when he was. So it's a little bit different. The game needs to be called differently than it was when he was in his in his employment days. Rick Goslin, who covered the NFL in Kansas City and Dallas for 47 years and is a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, he said help defenses by extending the bump zone. In 2008, NFL quarterbacks completed 61% of their passes league-wide. Ten years later, NFL quarterbacks were completing passes at a 65% clip. In 2008, there were six individual 4,000-yard passing seasons. In 2018, there were 12 Quarterbacks league-wide completed 1,381 passes. You get the point. He's saying it's become too easily to uh, throw the football in the NFL, and he said that the rules need to start going back the other way, essentially, that up until now they've uh, they've made it too easy for offenses, and so extending the bump rule, he thinks, would make the, the sport better and more entertaining. 
eh, I like offense. I, I don't think that making it harder for offenses to be more successful makes it more entertaining. I understand wanting to do that if you're a defensive-minded person, but I don't think that that makes it more entertaining. I think, what was the most entertaining football game last year? Chiefs-Rams. Yes, what Monday was the final football. score? Yeah, exa- exactly. It was an arena football league score. It was amazing. That yeah. was the game everyone wanted yep. to see, and that's the game everyone got, and everyone was happy with it. I don't think we need to make... I understand wanting to make it better for defenders because it is a game that is currently suited for offensive players to succeed and to thrive. I get it, but that's what America wants to see. We want to see points. And what was what was the game that everybody was upset with by the time the season was over? The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl when the final score was thirteen to three. Yeah, it was boring. I'm with people you, man. People didn't like it. I mean, and so, I mean. Me, personally, I would like to see the scoring go down a little bit, not dramatically. Like, I don't want to see 13-3 to in the Super Bowl. And we don't need Chiefs-Rams week in, week out. We don't need 52-48. We don't need that. But But there's nothing like to see offense. Yes. And the ratings, when you you look at the ratings for games like that, that's what people want to see. They want to see fireworks. They want to see Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball all over the place, throwing for 500 yards and six touchdowns in a game, because that's... That's what everybody views as more entertaining. I think this next one is one we can all agree on and probably move past pretty quickly. It's Dean Blandino, Fox officiating analyst, former NFL vice president of officiating. He says, make every play replay reviewable. We all on the same page with that because I am. Sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. Brandon Carr, 11-year veteran quarterback from the Ravens. He says, take away some protection of the quarterbacks. Again, sounds good in theory because big hits and violence are entertaining, but if you really understood, I remember I used to I used to work with a former NFL player and a guy who was not a former NFL player and much like yourself. Right. And when but I I, I wasn't as naive as my former co-host. And I'll explain with the story here. I remember when uh, there was another update to quarterback protection rules and my co-host, who was not a former NFL player, he said, man, NFL is getting so soft. It's going to be flag football before you know it. And my co-host who did play in the NFL, he was a running back. He said, dude, you really, you have no idea. You don't understand what it is to be a quarterback and how vulnerable these guys are. So during a commercial break, we went out in the hallway and my co-host who had never been an NFL player or played football on any level, he took the football and tried to complete a throwing motion with my co-host who did play in the NFL and was about 6'3 and 250 running straight at him. And you realize when you're put in that position and it's that fearful and that scary of a position that you have a very large, very fast man running at you and your whole body is wide open and vulnerable because of what a throwing motion is, we need rules to protect quarterbacks. It would be inhumane if we didn't have rules to protect quarterbacks when you look at the position they're put in on a week-in, week-out basis. My only thing with that is the plays, and they slowed down on this in the NFL after the first couple of weeks in the season, yeah. but like the plays like the Clay Matthews Jr. hit on Kirk Cousins last year, mm-hmm. week one. Like, that might have crossed a line. That's That should not be a penalty, but I'm still with... And they pulled with, back on that a little bit yes, as the exactly. season went on. Yeah, um, I... Pulling back on that is, I think they're in a good place. They, there was a play where the Vikings played the Saints a couple of years ago. It was actually, it was 2014, it was Zimmer's first year, and it was when Teddy Bridgewater made his debut because Matt Castle started the game for the Vikings and then like he broke his foot or something in the Superdome and Teddy came in and, and finished the game. But there was a play, Captain Munnerlyn 
got a 15-yard penalty after he tackled Drew Brees and like Drew Brees sort of like came back backwards and sort of like landed kind of on his neck, but more so like on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I think Captain Mundelein got like a 15-yard penalty for that. And it's just like, okay. Like, I know we want to protect the quarterbacks, but that's like Drew Brees isn't hurt. He's fine. Like, he wasn't going to get hurt on that play. Like that, that sort of stuff, like handing out penalties for that sort of, for that sort of stuff is a little bit ridiculous. But I do think, like Danny said, they, they pulled back on that as the season went on. The ticky tack stuff started to go away. I think the majority of the rules that they've put in to protect quarterbacks have, have been smart and have worked and are necessary. Right? Yeah. Yep. Like staying off the quarterback's legs. Very necessary. Right. Booger McFarland, Monday Night Football analyst, he says he would, in a roundabout way, make the onside kick play a real play again. He said what he would do is allow a trailing team to get into the end zone on a play from the 10-yard line rather than kicking off only in the fourth quarter. If they are successful, they retain possession on their own 30-yard line. If they fail, the opposing team takes over at the 50-yard line. I think I like that better than the fourth and 20 thing. I think I like fourth and goal from the 10 instead. I like that. I find it interesting. I would like to see it tried, like do it in the preseason. See if it works. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll is a crazy person. He says he would kill instant replay or at least decrease the use of it. He apparently doesn't want calls to be correct. I uh, think Pete Carroll should just worry about giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. Ouch. Mark Leibovich, chief <laughs> national correspondent like from New York Times Magazine. He says he would put bad ownership up for a public vote. Yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. All sports. If you could vote out owners. All sports. That would be insane. That would be amazing. That would, that, that you're right. That should be across all of the sports world. Wow, sign me up. <laughs> I like that idea. Who did I say gave that idea? Mark Leibovich. Way to go, Mark. If you missed any portion of this show, search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts or go get that nifty, diff, nifty, handy dandy. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.